There is going to be an NBA Netflix documentary featuring LeBron James, Jimmy Butler, Jason Tatum, Demonis Sabonis, and Anthony Edwards. I'm excited for that. Leonard and Kawhi George, extension talk George hasn't signed yet, DeJounte Murray trades, and so much more. We've got a jam-packed episode. Brrrah! We are back. Foul trouble time. Foul trouble time. We're fastly approaching the trade deadline. I feel like so much is going on. Every like famous football coach in the world is getting fired. How are you doing today, James? I'm I'm kind of in shock from like NFL Black Monday myself. Let go a little off topic. Like Belichick, the greatest coach ever. Pete Carroll, one of the greatest ever. Like Mike Vrabel, who I think honestly could be one of the next great football coaches, also got fired. Is like. It's, trying to, it's like hard to wrap my head around it. You know, I went to a Raptors-Lakers game this this like earlier this week where, you know, at the game there was a few calls I thought were a little odd. And then you go <laughs> home and you find out that the Raptors are throwing like temper tantrums at the post-game pressure. Darko Ryakovich um, was heated. I They asked LeBron about it and he had a quote that I was dying for. He said, quote, I felt like they fouled and we didn't, which... <laughs> well, <hilarious. laughs> the last two-minute report or the two-minute report came out and the only changes that um, like Sakakis said would have been more fouls against the Raptors, which is kind of hilarious. So here's the thing. I see a lot of people are banned. I know this isn't the lead topic. We're going to get to the, the other stuff. But like the lead thing I keep seeing is like the Lakers shot 19 free throws in the last two minutes and the Raptors shot two. Well, like in reality, the Raptors played the like foul the Lakers the moment they inbound the basketball game, like four possessions after the game was over. Yeah. So, like, it's one of those things where, like, that's a little misleading. Also, where I feel like the Raptors really lost the game was, like, it was tied with a minute left. The Raptors score. The Lakers inbound the ball, and they just throw the ball 80 feet down the court to Anthony Davis, who's, like, one-on-one. Like, what do you think's going to happen with AD, who's been going off all night? He's going to get the and one. Like, that's why you lose the game. Did um did Siakam play in that one? He did. Yeah, I, I went to the Clippers-Raptors game last night, and, like, I mean, any time where you're starting Thad Young, like, I'm not going to be surprised if there's a 23 to 2 free throw disparity in any single quarter. But we're burying the lead. Um, Netflix is partnering with the NBA for this huge quarterback esque doc docu-series yeah so they did a show called quarterback and i think they're running it back this season i'm excited it was a really good show basically they followed patrick mahomes kirk cousins and marcus mariota for the entire nfl season last year and you kind of got to see behind the scenes of like what it's like to be an nfl quarterback at like the three different levels of quarterbacking like mvp level pretty good level and journeyman level this is a different cast because the worst player out of the five in the five being lebron james jason tatum jimmy butler anthony edwards and sabonis i would say is sabonis and sabonis is a pretty pretty good nba player but i think it's a little bit better to go down this path where it's five good players because the issue the quarterback show had was Mariota like literally got benched and like anything about him going forward at that point was really not like Athletes getting benched, we kind of talked about this. Like, we've all seen that story. It's not that compelling anymore as a sports viewer. I'm really interested to see how much LeBron James lets us in. Well, I'm curious, too, because LeBron has apparently been working on a documentary about his career his entire career. 
Like it's kind of this like weird behind the scenes, like not that open secrets, open secret yeah. where like apparently literally like since LeBron's rookie year, the NBA has been documenting him. And he's just going to wait till Wemby has like a really great season. Late yeah, on Wemby it, wins his third MVP in a row and LeBron's like the first dance, motherfucker. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm excited. I, I'm really excited for like. Anthony, Ed, or it's going to be like a shot of LeBron James in like a cryo cryogenic chamber, you know, like like a cyborg, and it's going to be like the narrator is going to be like LeBron James spends his sixth hour in the cryogenic chamber awaiting his game against the Clippers. Swipe transition, and it's Anthony Edwards pounding like two McDonald's cheeseburgers, <laughs> yeah, just wolfing down some hot fries. <laughs> yeah. I, I I did think like after I saw what the cast is for it. Where do you go from there? <laughs> like they're oh, really setting the bar, the bar high. Is, that's the thing. LeBron in the first, but I guess that's how they did with quarterback too. Like you get a yeah, catch, you get the guy. I think the the guy I'm actually almost a little bit more interested in than all of the other four, just because like I feel like we don't really know too much about him. Is Jimmy Butler? Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty excited to see that. Um, I think low key Deuce. Um, Tatum might end up being just like the biggest star to come out of this show at all. Yeah. I mean, I think it's fun too, that we've got like Jason Tatum and, you know, who's on the, the Celtics who are probably going to finish with the best record in the league. We've got Anthony Edwards who I know the Timberwolves are not necessarily in a slide, but they've kind of regressed from like best team in the West status. And I think like they're, they're like a fun season too, just because like Minnesota Timberwolves really have never quite had a season like this ever and i think like that's gonna be interesting so bonus you know the kings are kind of good not up and up but lebron too is gonna be like this whole darvin ham thing too like that's gonna be fun to watch yeah seeing like really the inner workings i don't know exactly when this comes out but obviously it hasn't been the smoothest season in la and getting to watch that retrospective of really what was going on i hope we're able to see and it's not just like this is how these players work out they're in really great shape how much uh heat culture propaganda are we getting from the jimmy sections <laughs> so much so much the the very first time we see jimmy butler they're gonna zoom in on that court and we're just gonna it's gonna be this like epic hero shot of two of them walking into the heat practice court and it's gonna be like him and bam and it's gonna be kind of like silhouette lighting and it's gonna be like it's going to be like playing clips from the media. It's going to be like, I think the Milwaukee Bucks are the Eastern favorites. Boston Celtics going to the finals. Joel Embiid's the MVP. And then it'll be like the narrator is going to be like, the Miami Heat went to the finals last season and nobody believes in them. <laughs> I can already tell like the way this show is going to go. Yeah, that's 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 the way you package it. That's the way you sell it. Um, I, I, I'm like, so excited for I, it. Yeah, I'm super excited. I think the memes are going to be a plenty, which I, is probably why I'm most excited for it. But uh, is there a teammate of any of these five guys that you're like, I'm kind of excited for his cameos? Hmm. Like, okay, so who? who like, what if we get the again? Anthony Edwards cameo and then we find out Carl Towns is a third voice that no one knew about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see, uh, see cat a little bit. Um, I, I honestly, I'd love to see like, is a rod going to be in there at all? Like a little Timberwolves owner, um, Ness. Um, I don't, I don't know. Like 
A- AD. AD's not like the funnest personality. Maybe we fall in love with him a little bit. Yeah, I mean, De'Aaron's a cool guy. I've met De'Aaron. I'm excited to see him with Sabonis a little bit. Um yeah, I'm, I guess, like, you know, it's going to be very Edwards-focused. So we probably aren't going to get... Oh, my God. You know what I realized? Patrick, Anthony Edwards was involved in the the Draymond choking out Gobert oh, game. The Timberwolves. Oh, that's, that's going to be, be on this so documentary. Good. And Draymond went to LeBron's birthday party. Are we going to finally get some, some inside of LeBron's birthday party footage? I don't know. There's just, it's going to be too good. Okay. I have to say one just completely unrelated thing. I was with the guys yesterday and we're talking about which NBA Twitter parody accounts consistently will fool you. So I haven't been ball sacked yet, but you know what parody account gets me every time for like a minute. I fall for it before I realize which one, the fake Draymond green that just glazes (laughs) LeBron. I fall for it almost every time. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I didn't even know that existed. So I think I've fallen for it every single time. But um, yeah, the Woj ones are the ones that get me upset. The Woj ones and the Shams ones, I that's an immediate block if I if I see it. If you if you get if you get fall sacked by them. <laughs> yep. Um, all right. So do you want to go to DeJounte Murray or do you want to go to the Clippers extension news? Um <laughs> let's let's hit the Clippers extensions stuff real quick i guess okay and then we'll jump to the fake trade so Kawhi leonard just signed a three-year 154.2 million dollar extension with the clippers um he's currently 32 so that'll keep him under contract till he's 35 paul george is currently 33 years old he's in talks for contract extension i imagine they get that done sometime in the next two weeks and no talk about extension on this guy but i just wanted to know it harden he's 34 is an unrestricted free agent at the end of the season yeah, I mean, I think it's a huge coup to be able to get Kawhi Leonard at at this number that's a little bit under the max, which mm-hmm. is awesome. And I mean, he's playing like the best player in the league right now. So the Clippers are not set up in a way where they have the ability to take any steps back. They still don't really have um, access to a lot of their picks going forward so i mean i think it's just a no-brainer to do this yeah i'm well i i the only thing i do caution just because we've seen with leonard the health right this is the healthiest leonard's been and i think that's that's kind of the sneaky thing about injury prone players is sometimes injury prone players are just like freak thing after freak thing like it's like anthony davis is still called like you know like you know doubtful and i think i saw some stat that anthony davis has played like two of the last 96 laker games or something like Guy doesn't really miss time anymore, but that could change if he just steps on someone's foot, right? Absolutely. So there's a world where like this letter extension could get rough if he kind of has a lot of the same injury stuff crop up. But there's also a world where like that might have just been a weird blip for like four years that might have finally come to an end. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Just like the extension and, and all of this, I, I went and saw the Clippers live last night. I'm getting to a place where I, I, I'm so... I've always been all in on Kawhi, but I don't know if there's a guy I would rather have in a playoff series right now than than Kawhi Leonard. Like, and to double down on that, I don't know if I would pick any team in a playoff series against this Clippers team uh, over them. I, that's oh, that's where I am right oh. now. Oh, see, I'm not quite there with you. I personally would much rather have Jokic, um, and I would. I would take the Nuggets against the Clippers right now, myself. 
But um, yeah, no, Leonard's been awesome. I mean, that's kind of been the thing. Like the last two playoffs, like he's been really, really good in those first rounds. When he's played, he just gets hurt. Yeah. And that's why I still don't have the Clippers as title contenders because I'm still in like prove it mode. Okay. Yeah. I mean, prove that you can stay healthy mode. Like, I still, I'm just kind of, even Harden, you kind of forget. Like, I know last year he kind of like flamed out, but he got hurt like the year with Brooklyn. And like, I don't know. Like, the last two years with Harden, like in the playoffs, man, have just been like, all right, dude. They're just, they just, the fact that they don't have to ask anything of James Harden is just insane to me. Like, in the game last night against the Raptors, they, had no interest in playing any defense, but the isolation scoring between the three guys that we've already talked about and Norm Powell, it's just like, it's almost not fair. Like they just, they're buckets on buckets on buckets, fourth in net rating right now, six in offense, 11th in defense. And like, I think they have a move that they could make um, and to make their, t- their roster even better. I've just, I've been so impressed by this this Clippers team, and I think if there if there's ever been a year with this Kawhi PG core, it's this year. Yeah, I mean it. It probably is going to have to be this year, to be honest, because I know like you know they're signing these guys to extensions, which I do like. Like, and you know the Clippers are opening a new arena next year, so like they don't want to suck the first year they they have their new arena. But Let's not forget where we were on Monday this week, where we were like, okay, Steph's 35, Clay's 33, Draymond's 34, like Chris Paul, like, you know, Kawhi's 33 next year, George is 34 next year, Harden's 35 next year. Like, they kind of, I mean, maybe not this year, but like, it's probably has to be this year or next year, or I'm, I feel confident in saying if they don't win by the end of next season, the window's closed. Yeah, I mean that's, that's even if the surrounding pieces were really, really good still, just because like I don't know, man. Like it's the thing with Kawhi, right? Like going back to the health thing, like he's been healthy. He's also thirty-two, and that we'll see. I'm not wishing anything ill upon them. I love Kawhi Leonard. I love Paul George, but like it, it is scary just given their injury history. I was really surprised. I didn't realize. I, I, I don't, it just didn't make sense in my head that Paul George is older than Kawhi Leonard. It's it, weird. Paul George was like a full NBA superstar before Kawhi Leonard was like even an all-star caliber player. And <laughs> two, two finals MVPs later, Ka- Kawhi still seems like the older player. It's, you know, it's crazy. Like the like revisionist NBA history is like, if there's no George Hill trade, like Kawhi and Paul George are teammates on the Pacers. That is weird. That that is super weird. It was it was almost meant to be. Yeah, it was almost meant to be. But yeah, it, and I just want to throw these in. You talked about Paul George's extension is kind coming. of hinted. It's coming. He said after the game yesterday that he's very very optimistic that something will get done, um, and just that he's extremely excited for Kawhi reaching the deal to be a Clipper for the rest of his career. Yeah, do you think this is Kawhi's last contract? Yeah, I don't see Kawhi as being the type of guy who's gonna play like till thirty-eight. Yeah, no. Yeah, I don't I don't think he's gonna stick around either. His body will not allow him to do that. Yeah, that is that is Yeah. True. How did how did Kawhi look in person? Do you remember? Because we went to their opener together and he he like he looks good. Like he gets to his spots in the mid-range and like elevates and nails it. But like, man, sometimes when Kawhi is like running down the court, you don't see it on TV, but when you go to Clipper games in person, like it kind of looks like it's like a struggle for him to like run up and down the court sometimes. Yeah, I mean, like he definitely plays at his own pace. Um, but he he just looks strong 
He's in, always in been opinion. really strong. Like when he's dribbling, it looks like the ball's gonna go through the court. You know? Yeah. Um, and when his jumper is on, I just don't know what you do with this guy. No, he's he's like one of those guys where it's just like I'm gonna pull up for that 16 footer, and you're just not gonna stop me. That's why it's it's funny because you know Ant aesthetically is the guy who I feel like all reminds us of Jordan. But like there's like been a couple of years where people are like Kawhi's the modern Jordan, just like that unstoppable like tween tween pull up game. Like yeah, I mean the I definitely saw that in the mid range, especially in that Toronto run. The the big difference between him and I guess it I don't could think be like, plays like old Jordan, Jordan. At all, other than the shot chart maybe looking a little similar. It's the body movement for me that really like throws me off. The, like I, I just feel like Jordan was much more fluid and Way a, more a little fluid, bit less yeah. plotting than than Kawhi. But I, I mean, I, th- I think he looked good last night, and I'm, I'm just really excited to see if he can once it's playoff time. Can he reach back and just like get to the rim at will like he was doing in that Toronto run? I think he probably can, but um, then you get into like the game of like he's taking a lot more contact. What? How's his body gonna hold up to something like that? I I actually don't necessarily think for the Clippers to win the title he needs to go on a Toronto like run because I think the thing with the Toronto run was there was a lot of games where he's putting up these absurd point totals but there were a lot like a lot of games he's almost at like 30 field goal attempts and like I don't think it's a good thing for this Clippers team if he has a game where he's at 32 field goal attempts. Yeah, no, that's that's probably not an indication of uh great Success process. Yeah. yeah. But no, Clippers are a full blood title team like I was very down on the Harden trade. Like, we'll still see how the season pans out, right? Like, we're not even halfway through the season. But, like, as of right now, to your point, this team looks like one of the best teams in the West. Yeah. So, uh, Clip City, Clip City, Chip City, baby. Lob City Clips, Lob, <laughs> we'll, Lob City we'll Clips. see Clip. what happens. I do miss my childhood Lob City Clippers. But, all right. DeJounte Murray, second guy, kind of second star on the Hawks. You know, they traded uh, for him from the San Antonio Spurs. The Hawks are, quote, Open to almost anything. Uh, the Hawks obviously have kind of just had a season that's not very inspiring. Doesn't really look like they're going anywhere. So suffice to say, it looks like they're going to probably head more toward the tank direction than the compete for the playoff direction. Uh, Shams reported the Spurs are interested in training for Murray. So right now, Murray's averaging 20.9 points, 4.6 rebounds, and 5 assists. I noted this just because it's kind of my weekly bit on the Spurs. But nobody on the Spurs is currently averaging 5 assists per game. Oh, surprise, surprise, surprise. Yeah. Did you see that full court Wemby just dot to Sohan streaking down? That Why not point Wemby? <laughs> well, I'm ready. I'm ready for that experiment. Um, so I've been kind of clamoring for the Spurs to trade for a point guard like all season or at least start Trey Jones because Trey Jones actually would be averaging over five assists a game if he had Sohan's minutes flipped. But so one thing I actually kind of – I kind of did a deep dive into like – how does Murray and Wemby look? So Murray, as a pick-and-roll ball handler this season, is averaging exactly one point per play. So he's kind of like a tier two pick-and-roll ball handler. Like, the one thing with Murray, though, is he's averaging, like, seven-ish pick-and-roll ball handler possessions a game, and he's averaging, like, six field goals out of that action, which is like, dude, you do not pass out of this action. Because when you get the ball and you you play next to Trey Young... You want to (laughs) shoot. Yeah, So I do imagine that he becomes a little bit more pass friendly out of pick and roll sets slash. I think one sneaky thing with like when you're pairing guards and bigs is like, this was always the weird thing with Harden and Embiid was like Harden loves to run that pick and roll from that right wing. 
and Embiid loves to like post up on the left block. And it's like this weird thing where when Harden runs the pick and roll with Embiid, Embiid's like on the side of the court he doesn't really like as much. Whereas like DeJounte is kind of like pretty balanced, but a little bit more left-leaning. And Wemby's a little bit more right of the right side of the court leaning, which gives them a lot more like synergy, I feel like, on their like kind of pick and roll game. Um, you know, Murray coming off to the left. So I I think this would be a really good trade for the Spurs. I'm just kind of curious like how the Hawks are gonna value Murray. So um, so Murray what, is a unrestricted free agent at the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, one really important aspect to this whole conversation that I, I think we need to bring up is that the Hawks are really not in a place where they can tank. The um, Spurs still own, um, I think, two or, th- or three of their picks from the initial DeJounte Murray trade. So... They, I mean, they don't want to be like the proxy tankers for the Spurs. But this could be an avenue to get worse by trading Murray and then get the picks back. Potentially. So g- <sighs> give me give me your Spurs trade. I Okay. I, I feel like, well, knowing that, like knowing how the picks and Murray fit together, they have to get the Spurs. The Spurs have to give the Hawks some of those picks back. Yes. At least like at least this year's. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And, and, but then it's like, I don't know. The the one thing that really lit up my like alarm bell is so the when all of this talk started, it all kind of sprouted from a Jake Fisher report saying Trey Young is untouchable in trade talks, but DeJounte Murray is widely available to interested suitors. What that tells me is that they're still committed to Trey Young being their star. Trey Young is approaching his prime in the start of his prime. And it's going to be a really tough sell to be like, yeah, this guy that we acquired to be your running mate for the foreseeable future, we traded him for picks. So that's why I just like, I don't see it with the, with the Spurs. But but I mean, I, I feel like if you're Atlanta though, you have to acknowledge like, this team construction isn't getting so you're thinking they need to trade Murray for somebody who's similar in skill and just try to reconfigure what's going on. Yeah. I mean, I think they need to trade for a piece that they're excited about and they need to use him to get off either the Clint Capella money or the Deandre Hunter money who Deandre Hunter has been like really hit or miss, but I don't love paying him $20 million a year for the next four years. Sorry. I completely misspoke. I want to correct myself. So he's not an unrestricted free agent at the end of the season. He actually signed an extension yes. with the Hawks. I totally flubbed that. So he signed an extension with the Hawks. Um, so his salary is jumping from 17.7 this year to 24.8 next year. Which is still a reasonable contract for a guy so, like DeJounte. Yeah, it's a great contract for a guy like DeJounte. And I feel like if you're the Spurs, right? Like, see, I guess you don't want to take him to the Spurs because you think the Hawks should. I just. I don't know, man. I just don't think the Hawks can make lateral moves that are ever going to amount to them getting better. Like, I feel like they kind of have to take a step backward. You're going to have to take a, a tiny step backwards because I don't think you're going to get a guy of DeJounte Murray's ilk. But I think you can get right or right around there. So I, I came up with a couple trades. Um, first of first of which, I'll, I'll do my most boring trades trade first and then we'll progress with the spiciness 
The first team that I, I think is a logical fit for DeJounte Murray that has a good amount of assets is the Hawks. And wait, wait, or is the, <laughs> the Nets. The Hawks will also be involved in this trade. Um, the Nets don't really have a clear answer at point guard going forward, and they don't really have clear star talent. The Nets have really it shown that they love like long, rangy defenders, which DeJounte Murray not so much has been this year, but in the past has shown that he's been uh, really great at. So the the trade construction that that I built was Cam Johnson, Dorian Finney-Smith for DeJounte Murray and DeAndre Hunter. If I'm the Nets, I'm really not looking to add any picks in a package like that. But I think something like that would really change the the wing room for the Hawks in a huge Wait, sorry, way. Sorry, who are they getting from the Nets? They're getting Cam Johnson and Dorian Finney-Smith. So they're losing the best guy in the trade. But they are the Hawks are cleaning up their cap sheet a little bit by replacing DeAndre Hunter with, I think, two much better wings who are on uh, long-term contracts. Okay. I think the hard part about this conversation is I think you are much higher on Murray than I am. Okay. I think the Spurs could get this trade done with Keldon Johnson and picks. I mean... If if it's their picks, yeah, I, I'm saying no picks in this deal. Okay, I, I I just the thing with Murray for me is like it's like oddly like I I'm like I think he's good, but I don't know if Murray really is a guy who can. I definitely I really don't think Murray could be a a top two guy on a title team. I just I don't see it with him. Yeah, I I don't see that either. But I mean, he's having the best offensive season of his career. The fit is awful. They're asking this guy to be the number one wing stop or like number one guard stopper on their team, which like is not how he really got his bones in San Antonio. He was playing next to Derek White for the vast majority of that. Of course, we didn't know who Derek White was, but I, I hear you. He, he's not a top two guy. Like if I was a Nets fan, I would be not happy with that trade. Really? Yeah. For can't can, I mean... Talk about Cam, Cam Johnson's not a – he's at best the fourth best guy on a championship team. But Cam Johnson is the archetype of a player that every single team really, really, really needs. Yeah, but three like – Three and D wings like Cam that can play the three or the four or even the two. Like there's – almost every single team in the NBA needs a guy like that. But you know what else you need is like a great point guard. And there's – like he is a very, very top flight point guard in this league. Yeah, I, I just I, I think the guard I don't know. I just think it's easier to get a guy who can run the pick and roll than it is to get a guy who's just a really good three and D wing who can play two, three, or four. Now I'd like I think in a straight up trade, Murray has more value. But DFS is another one of those guys where it's just like every team wants a DFS and he's on such a good contract. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So we'll 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 keep it we'll keep it rolling. Yeah, I think our evaluations yeah. of these guys. Okay, what are, is your next trade? Are very, so my next one, Max. I I shouted you out. The Timberwolves are on a bit of a slide. They've been they're five and five in their last ten games. I, I obviously think the Timberwolves are still a huge threat in the West. Do you want to take away Kyle Anderson, please? 
Um, <laughs> no, I, I, I'll take away Kyle Anderson and put him on the Suns, but I'm not putting him on the Hawks. Okay. This The trade that I have concocted, and it's a huge fit trade in, in my mind, is... The Timberwolves are sending out, and you're gonna you're gonna scream, and you're gonna Don't be say very Nas upset. Reed. I'll throw up on you. They're sending out Nas Reed no. and Mike Conley, who Mike Conley is on an expiring deal for Dejounte Murray and Clint Capella. Oh, now I, you got your point guard of the future. Dejounte Murray can be this like huge freelancer around these amazing perimeter defenders. It kind of makes sense. Of the the big rotation moving forward, um, and Nas Reed would be the perfect big man fit next to Onyeka Kongwu. He can shoot; he's forty percent three point shooter. I love Nas Reed, but I just I really really love how Dejounte Murray would raise their ceiling in terms of like title contention. How do you feel about that? I wouldn't say that it's a bad trade by any means, but I do think that Nas Reed is like a huge part of what's make what makes our team like actually stand a chance. Because um, when like Cat is not popping off and like Gobert is not popping off, like they you send Nas in and he's just like a guaranteed bucket. Yeah, because I think I don't think it's necessarily the worst trade from a value standpoint. I guess if I'm the Timberwolves though, I'm like Capella's great. But what's cool about the Nas, Cat, Gobert is like any two of them can play together at the same time, whereas Capella and Gobert cannot play together. And you've removed this versatility you had with your big man, Triumphant. 100%. And then, I don't know. I mean, the scary thing with Murray, though, right, is like we know he can be a better passer than he's been here with Atlanta. But like he kind of has the Trey Young, like your turn, my turn. And it's like, that's how he's been playing for a year and a half now. So it's like, I don't know, man. Like I'd be a little nervous giving up the, the, the traditional type point guard on a team like that. Yeah. I I get what you're saying. But then also just like the, instead of having the second best perimeter guy on you every day, you've got, you, I guess you've still got the second get best perimeter guy on you but you also have the gravity of a carl anthony towns to work off of and the rolling gravity of a rudy gobert which like clint capella is not that guy anymore do do you i guess like okay so i think it's like this is a really interesting conversation because i do think as we've seen alone on this podcast like the valuation of Dejounte murray could kind of be all over the place right it could be like you either are like, Dejounte's way better than he's showing in Atlanta, and a lot of it is like Trey Young is just way too heliocentric for a player like Dejounte to succeed. Or you're kind of on my end of the spectrum where you're like, I think he's good, but I don't know if he's like a true, true difference maker on a really good team. And I think that's what makes this so interesting. But I guess like, I think it's like worth like, what is the Hawks' ideal team construction? Like, what does a Trey Young title contending team look like? Yeah, I mean, I think at this point, you just got to lean into the heliocentric model and get really, really great wing defenders that can shoot. Like, I I think of of any of these traits, I love the Nas Reed idea for them, but I would probably choose the Cam Johnson, Dorian Finney-Smith, just because I think once you have guys that can stretch the floor in a real way... You can just let Trey be Trey. 
Yeah, I just I don't know if that's that's a way you can win a title. I just I have never loved Trey's brand of heliocentric basketball myself, and I just I I feel like it's almost like too rigid in that it's like it's a dive big, it's Trey and the dive big run pick and roll, and then Trey you know dissects the defense from there, and it's just very like one dimensional to me. Yeah, and obviously it's I mean, not one dimensional in the way that the Hawks can get like. 10 different shots out of that one set. And that set is really hard to defend, but it is kind of like that same set. Don't get me wrong. I don't think you can win a title with Trey being your number one guy, but, but that's the problem is I like, what does Trey look like in a number two role? Like we just, I think the hard part with Trey is like Trey tomorrow could really lock in on defense and Trey tomorrow could really be like, you know what? I'm going to start cutting more, but it's like, Trey cutting to the basket off the ball is like one of the least threatening things. Even he's even though he's such a good at the rim finisher for his size, because it's like he is so small and frail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I guess the way that you build. So how do you build a title team around Trey? You get Joel Embiid. Like, but that's the thing. You get a like, dominant big. Is like Trey pick and roll doesn't really work with Joel Embiid. I mean. Embiid's not that kind of a I big d- man. I don't. I don't think that's true. I, I think that they would make it work. Like we saw, it's just a souped-up version of last year's Sixers team. Maybe it's it's not going to be the best scenario for Embiid, but I think that's how you like get the most value out of Trey. Yeah, but if you want to get the most value out of the team, though, like I feel like Trey really needs to. F- it's tough though, right? Because I'm sure Trey's like, all right, cool. Like I'll I'll try to do some off ball movement. I'll play a little bit more like Steph, and then it's like, the maybe the team kind of suffers through that because the team is right now built around heliocentric Trey. But I think that's I think that's just the hard part with Trey, right? Like they need to figure out a way to get a player in there that'll make Trey play off the ball more. Yeah, maybe, and they need to make it so it's not so your turn, my turn with whoever that co star is. That's the problem right now. I and I think. Mi- Maybe I'm looking at this in kind of the wrong way. Maybe it's more of like a, a Iverson um, in 01 construction where you just get like a bunch of dudes that are absolutely incredible on defense and you just hope that Trey Young can like make your offense good enough to survive. See, that's where it's interesting is because like I think you were kind of talking about like Brooklyn Nets for DeJounte where it's like I'm like, okay, so if I'm Brooklyn, why not? give up even more and get Trey Young. Yeah. Yeah. I I per, like Trey Young is absolutely incredible. He's had that crazy streak of like what 30 and 10 games or whatever something in 10 assist games. Like that was like an all-time streak this season. It's just it is really hard when you play that style and like the year they made the conference finals like I think they got really lucky that they played two teams because they played the Knicks before Brunson got there and the Knicks had no perimeter like I'm going to hunt Trey on defense guy. And they played the Sixers and Ben Simmons had like a mental breakdown. And like, they just didn't play a team that had a, like a literally that had a guard that could like score. Yeah. Yeah. I I, think that it's a little fool's goldie that one run. Cause it's like, Oh, if they play this year's Knicks, like Jalen Brunson is hunting Trey every other possession. Yeah. I I couldn't agree with you more. Um, So this brings me to my last DeJounte DeJounte Murray trade. And I haven't spoken about it yet, but I think one very important item to note about DeJounte Murray is his representation. DeJounte Murray is a clutch sports guy. Where do clutch sports guys go, James? The Lakers. They go to the Lakers. 
And so I'm, I was digging into this off the bat. I would, if I'm the Lakers, I'm not trading that one first round pick flat out for DeJounte Murray. I would not do that, but I would trade Austin Reeves. Now, Austin Reeves, super good. I love Austin Reeves. I, I think he's like such a like hidden gem that the Lakers organization discovered. But I'm starting to think that Austin Reeves is kind of Westbrookian in his offensive fit next to LeBron. He can shoot better than Westbrook, which is why it works as well as it does. But I think that possibly the the best fit for, for Austin Reeves is to be a little bit more ball dominant. And when I was I was looking into the stats, do you know what the the Lakers record is when Austin Reeves plays more than 30 minutes? Oh, well, given that their bet record overall is not good, let's say they're 6 games under 500. Yeah, there's there's 6 and 11. Well, oh, I was very close. Two of those games were the last two games that they played, which both squeak out wins. Yeah. And the other wins was an over, the overtime game against the Clippers, um, three-point win against the Suns, six-point win against Cleveland, three-point win against Orlando. Just barely eking out these wins. And I think with with uh, Reeves, it's one of those things where, like, last season Reeves is, like, drawing fouls at, like, a ridiculous rate. And this season is, like, foul drawing rate goes down. And it's, like, you're not a great defensive player, so you lose a lot of value once you stop being able to get a lot of free throws. At, like, yes, hitting the nail on the head. We, we saw it a little bit in last season. In postseason, we saw it in Team USA. Austin Reeves is a pigeon on defense, which like he tries hard, but he just doesn't have those tools, which yeah. DeJounte Murray absolutely has. Of Lakers three-man lineups that have played more than 150 minutes together, Austin Reeves is in the nine worst three-man <laughs> lineups, um, net ratings-wise. And the the also his like lineup. Stats with LeBron and AD are not good either. So what's the trade? Because I think this is one of those trades where now I'm more on the like, okay, what are the Lakers going to have to give up in addition to Austin Reeves? Because I would, Murray is better than Reeves. Yes, Murray is better than Reeves. Um, so I, I already said I'm not giving up that pick. So this is a huge sell high trade from the Lakers point of view for me. And the Hawks are going to use this move to get off a little bit of contract. So they're trading Austin Reeves, Gabe Vincent, and Rui Hachimura for DeJounte Murray and Clint Capella. So it's really like leaning back into the kind of Rajon Rondo and Dwight Howard slash JaVale McGee of the 2020 Lakers getting bigger, getting a little bit more like on ball juice. DeJounte Murray is a better three-point shooter than Austin Reeves. That is like, that's kind of the trade for me. I I kind of feel like in this trade, the Hawks need to get a little bit more. Because yeah. Capella is a good player. He's been okay. Because I think I think some Hawks fans hear that and they're like, ah, Rui. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're like, ah, okay. Like, we're just kind of shuffling whoever the, the kind of big, chunky... Th 
three man is next to Trey. Yeah, but I feel like you kind of got to do that. Like you got to yeah. like it's better to take a bite at the apple than you know have that big man room clogged up. Like it part of this move I think for the Hawks like we've talked about is like clearing up the roster, making it make more sense. And I think although Onyeka Okongwu hasn't been amazing this season, it's time to just give him the keys. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's kind of the the trouble with the Hawks, right? Is like I know we had our whole discussion about like what does a Trey Young title team look like? It's like, and I I feel like sometimes I come off really pessimistic on a lot of NBA players in this podcast, but a lot of times like the way guys play is a result of the situation they're in, the teammates they're playing with, and all that. And it's like like Murray on the Lakers. I think Murray would really excel in that situation, especially if they're going to get to keep Clint Capella and he gets to kind of run like bench units with like him and Capella or him and AD. Um, and like Trey Young, like I don't think it's impossible for a team to win a title with Trey Young. Like I think it could happen. I guess my worry with the Hawks is it just seems like we keep going down this road of like heliocentric Trey ball with the dive big and I like Anyeka Anyeka so much because he kind of projects to be a little bit more switchable onto perimeter guys than like Capella does. But it's just like, I, I just, I almost, I feel like the Hawks need like, Oh, I don't know. It's kind of tough. I feel like they really need like a really powerful playmaking wing. Well, I mean, and it's like, I, and I know Reeves, have you watched any Jalen Johnson? I will. Jalen Johnson is awesome. He's awesome. But like, <laughs> And I've heard on some podcasts people be like, Jalen Johnson is going to save the Hawks season. I'm not quite sure about the, that. The Hawks season is not being saved. saved. Um, and, and that's not what the this trade is, I, I think. I think this trade is just, I don't know, making... I don't think DeJounte Murray's happy. I think the, the Hawks season's already kind of fucked. So it's just like, why not cash in? Yeah. Yeah, this discussion has gone so much bigger than DeJounte trades. I'm just like... I don't know. The Hawks, like, Trey, like, for all his faults, is always going to have the Hawks, like, up there in offensive rating. And when you're up there in offensive rating, you're never going to be one of the worst teams. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why I think, you know, he's trying to get it. But then again, now we're talking about the Lakers trade. I don't think an Austin Reeves, um, Trey Young team is, like, Very built good. for success either. Okay. I love the Lakers trade the most for both the team getting DeJounte and... And like, well, I don't like it for the Hawks as much. I like the other trades more for the Hawks, but I think that's why this DeJounte trade discussion is interesting. Just like, how do you value the guy? Yeah. So you really don't like um, what this, you really don't want them to go in the direction of like, we're going to get our picks back and we might just suck this year. <sighs> Not really. Um, I, I, I don't love that for the Hawks. Because like what I'm worried about with like a Lakers trade like that is like, you might really suck with Austin Reeves and DeJounte's place if your two point of attack defenders are are young and Reeves. Cause like Murray is But Murray's su- kind of sucked this year on a defensive standpoint, anyways. I know, but I feel like it could get a lot worse if Reeves is in Murray's place. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. And and I don't think the the Lakers trade, like we've talked about, is the best value for the Hawks. And and maybe they're able to Maybe rope in a third team, divert Austin Reeves there for some more assets. I like this trade more than Zach Levine. I'll say that. Um, but but yeah, right? 
right? I, I don't know. I, I I guess this is one of those things that you and I will we'll see at the end of the season, maybe whose take was, I guess, a little bit more correct in the time. But yeah, I, I really, maybe it's just because I'm just so desperate to see Wimby play with a real point guard. And like, I'm just so desperate for it that I'm just like trying to gravitate this trade. I, I would the Spurs. love to see the, the Spurs trade happen, but I just don't see the value from, from the Hawks perspective. So you, you if I'm the Spurs, like, I'm, I'm giving you maybe one pick back. Cause I would rather have the Keldon Johnson plus like two Hawks picks. I, I'm, I don't love Keldon Johnson to be honest. I mean, I don't love Keldon Johnson either, but I don't know. I feel like the Hawks. Like I, I feel like the Hawks should be sellers. Like I think if they're gonna try to move laterally and then build upon a lateral move, like they're just gonna keep being this like fifteen and twenty one team that they've been. Like I don't, I don't see the way up from staying stagnant. Me personally, my thing is if you're keeping Trey, you you can't sell because you don't have your your picks. But you can get your picks back. You can get maybe one pick back. But then be good after this year. Uh, yeah 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 maybe yeah if you can get this year's pick back unprotected which i don't know who is like who's making the spurs spend that capital on a dejounte murray i I think dejounte they're gonna lose like the cost analysis on dejounte murray when it's all said and done but yeah it's definitely a super interesting interesting like predicament that they're in and there's a bunch of teams that we haven't even mentioned like i think potentially the knicks could try and give get involved i don't love that we've seen the trey young Dejounte fit but that's definitely a market that is thirsty for a, a star um but yeah it'll be i i think he could i think he will most likely be the biggest like swing piece that is traded at the deadline yeah i think He's probably going to be the biggest player traded unless we do get the, I mean, I yeah, Zach Levine trade. I mean, the Nets is weird. It seems like the Nets kind of want to add to what they have. But, man, I, I feel like those Nets guys could get so much value on a trade market, especially in a buyer's yeah. market. Well, I mean, it's the same thing with the Hawks with the Nets is they just don't control their their own drafts. So why not, why not go for it, you know? Yeah, no, that's true. Well, but you don't think there's a world where the Hawks – do the Brooklyn strategy where it's like, yeah, we don't own our picks, but you're going to give us your picks because we'll take your bad contract. And we're still going to be watchable basketball because we have Trey Young. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe we're sitting here in two weeks and we're talking about Trey Young trade because that's what we're dancing around. Yeah. It makes more sense to trade Trey Young. It makes more sense to trade them both. You can get a, a haul for them. And I do think Trey Young should have value around the league i mean 30 10 guys don't grow on trees i think that's the thing that i've kind of been dancing around is like i don't know if trey young can ever win with the hawks because whoever you're bringing in is always going to be brought into trey's team but if you added trey to an already established star where it's like i don't know let's say it's four years from now the timberwolves are a little bit thinner just random hypothetical and it's like ant and the team around him isn't as good as this year's timberwolves team and it's like you add trey young to that version of ant and it's like hey man Ant's the guy. Yeah. Like, you're joining Ant, so you're the second banana. Like, I kind of feel like Trey... It's it's one of those shitty things in sports where it's like... I feel like that's the only scenario where I can see Trey really winning a title is if... Even if it was like Ant joining the Hawks, I feel like doesn't work as much as Trey joining that team. Yeah, no, you're, you're right about that. I think you've got a great point there. 
I don't know. But I would, I don't know. If I'm the Timberwolves, would you rather trade Cat for Trey Young or Nas Reed for DeJounte Murray? I just asked Max for all our audio listeners. Cat for Trey Young or DeJounte for Nas? Yeah, as like the frameworks. I might take Trey. Okay. I don't know if that's the wrong answer. Uh, hey, there's, that, that's a tough question. There's no wrong wrong answer. I mean, I like the way that Cat. It's interesting you're talking about like these number one guys and how like they have to like. To me, if the Clippers win a title the next couple years, it'll be this like great case study in like what happens to number one guys that never win chips. Because mm-hmm. their whole together. roster is like all number one guys that have kind of just resigned to be like lesser than that, you know? Mm-hmm. And maybe that'll be the future of the NBA is like all of these number one guys on their teams who never win chips can just band together in these like clusters and win chips together when they're like 33. Yeah. It'll be, I mean, if that happens, it'll be kind of sick. Yeah, um, no, I, I, I'm, I'm hoping for that personally. But yeah, I mean, maybe, <laughs> maybe Trey just never really makes it happen with the Hawks and then has to kind of have a second leg of his career where he's like a point guard on a really good uh, team that's just like a cluster of like has-beens, I guess, yeah. <laughs> for lack of a better word. Yeah, because I, I, I think like Trey, I've always felt this way. Like, I feel like his shooting numbers are like artificially low because of how difficult his shot diet is. Like, I feel like if Trey really got to play, well, was willing to play off the ball more and was like getting some more open, easy looks, like I feel like Trey would become all of a sudden this like crazy efficient shooter. Yeah, I, I think you're probably right about that. That that makes sense to me. All right. Um, that was the DeJounte Murray slash Trey Young slash Hawks surgery. I don't know what we'd call that section. Uh, yeah, it'll be... I don't know. I don't know. It must be frustrating to be a Hawks fan right now, but there's there's hope. There's hope. At least they have young talent. Yeah. Um, okay, where are we where are we going next? Are we going to the foul prone player of the week? I know we 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 teased talking Raptors a little bit. I haven't had the the time this week, unfortunately, like deep dive into Raptors. I saw them at that Lakers game, which was obviously the crazy foul controversy game. You saw them in person um as well. I mean, quickly, man, on this team is like it's kind of weird. Like last year, the Raptors, it was like, this team can't shoot. And this year it's like Damn, this team can shoot. Yeah, <laughs> like, honestly, I don't know the percentages. Like, off, I know Scotty is shooting well. Like, but like seeing them in person, it's like Scotty driving, and Scotty's kind of not like this great passer, right? Like, which is weird because I really thought he was going to be when he was a rookie. But like, it's a lot of like Scotty drives in, takes the one or two dribbles, like kick out pass. It's very basic driving kick from a lot of their guys. It's not a, a lot of advanced playmaking, but it's still like a lot of like. Scotty's big and strong and physical and like he kind of draws that half double and he kicks out and like Gary Trent can shoot Siakam can I know percentage wise can't really shoot but like he will shoot open threes like he's streaky he's, he's streaky. streaky yeah yeah I mean I was really impressed I, I watched them without Pascal Siakam and without uh Jakob Pertl and one I was really impressed with RJ Barrett like he Dude. was just playing with like a little bit of a pep in his step. So he, RJ played really well in the game I went to as well. But Patrick, especially against the Clippers guys, because Kawhi and like Paul George especially is like a really big wing. RJ Barrett looks like a like a college kid out there. His stature, like in person, like he's small. Yeah, he's shorter than you think, but I, I do think he has a little thickness to him. He has I don't know if it's just because the Lakers are such a big team, but like seeing him out there next to LeBron, it was like, oh my God, please don't get hurt. <laughs> he had a couple really nice like 
cross court uh, kickout passes. He was shooting like oh really yeah, confidently. At the game I went to, I remember I looked up at the scoreboard and I was like, RJ Barrett has twenty two points. Like it feels like he has like six points, but he had twenty two points when I looked up like midway through the third quarter. It was crazy. The way you felt about Scotty Barnes going into his career is the same way I felt about RJ Barrett going into his career from like a passing standpoint. When he was at Duke, he had like these little flashes. Of course, he didn't play with the ball all that much, but he had these little flashes of like being a good passer. Everyone talked about like, oh, he's he's Steve Nash's uh, godson. Like oh, Steve no. Nash taught him how to pass. That's so interesting because one reason I really hated him in the draft was I thought he was one of the worst passers because he because he had Zion on his team and there was just a lot of plays where it's like, dude, give Zion the fucking ball. Yeah. And yeah. I think part of that is like, okay, like I'm, you know, I was the top prospect. Like I want to get my 20 points per game. And it, that, that can be hard when you arrive to Duke and it's like, okay, this Zion guy is on a different level. Yeah. And I mean, in college, especially Zion was not like, he was a bit of a ball stopper and we all know the Cam Reddish experience as well. <laughs> now we're getting into 2019 yeah. Duke talk. Back to the Raptors. Um, back yeah, to the Raptors. RJ's been a great like fit on this team. Quickly's been really good on this team. Like Quickly's giving them shooting. The floater game is is just so sick. Did uh did Quickly make any threes in the the game you went to? Um I, I He had this like so. really exaggerated three-point celebration where he like gallops up and down the court while throwing his arms into the air and I thought it was really funny. Wow. He, <laughs> he didn't do that. And it, it was a really intense game. It was weird. And the the Clippers, uh, the Clippers crowd did not come out for the Wednesday game against Dude, the Raptors. Shout out to Raptors Nation! Like that Lakers game I went to, so many Raptors jerseys. I was surprised by the same thing. I guess it's an easy sell to be like, okay, I'll go to LA and watch a back to back of my favorite team. So it's weird. The Raptors were not a great team before this trade. They've been really good since this trade. Obviously, they just lost two straight, but like the Lakers game. You know, really, really close game. And there was, you know, the controversy with the calls. Your Clippers game. Clippers, we talked about, yeah. you know. Back and forth game the whole time. You didn't have Pascal Siaka. You're, you're starting Thad Young at center yeah. in both of these so, games. Because I didn't watch the Clippers <coughs> game. But at least at the Lakers game I went to, like, foul calls aside, like, one thing that was constant from the moment the game tipped off was, like, they had no answer for Anthony Davis the entire game. And, like... I know Pirtle's hurt. Like, I saw Pirtle on the bench. But, like, I guess, yeah. Like, I feel like with the Raptors now, like, I was a bit lower on this trade. I, I feel like I'm wrong just watching them in person. Like, this seems very sustainable to me. Like, what do you think the next step for that team is? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's figuring out what kind of big you have to play next to Scotty Barnes. You know, can Scotty Barnes be... A 37% three-point shooter to the point where you feel like you can play with truly like a strictly dive big? big, Or do you have to get a big that has a little bit of shooting in his portfolio as well? Yeah, I I feel like Scotty's shot like is kind of legit because it it hasn't really been a season of like eight of nine, three of... Like it has kind of been a pretty steady like three point percentage throughout the season. It hasn't been the result of like a a prolonged hot streak that's averaged out over time. So I'm kind of confident in Scotty's shot going forward, um, which was surprising, honestly, given like the free throw percentage and everything. But like, yeah, I don't know. I think they just they need a rim protector. 
Yeah. I don't know if that guy needs – I don't know on offense if that guy needs to be able to space out to at least the mid-range a little bit. But I know defensively, like, they're not going to survive, like, a Sixers series or, like, if the Lakers were in the East. Like, they could not – they can't survive an Anthony Davis series. Yeah, or like the Timberwolves. Yeah, yeah they, like, they couldn't survive a Cat series, I don't think, either. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what – a Pascal Siakam move could be for them. I mean, would would you trade Pascal Siakam? I would. I know we did this a while ago, actually, and I said maybe kind of keep Siakam and just see what happens, maybe try to re-sign him. So you saw them without Siakam, and they were right there. The Laker game I went to, like, Siakam was actually, like, the fourth leading scorer on the team. And there were, like, Siakam, like, you know, incredible finisher, man. Like, he had some insane acrobatic finishes at the game I went to, but, like... I kind of do feel like they could be a better team if they just replace Siakam with like a more like, I don't know if there's a player like this in the NBA, but like a Channing Frye type player. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. that kind of player usually can't defend like Siakam can. Chet. They, they just need Chet. They just need Chet. <laughs> but like, but at the game I went to, for example, right, like Siakam was like the main guy in AD and like he kind of was coned out there like yeah so no, it's like not in a game. game like that you might have better value just getting that floor space and i think this is kind of why like going back to those brooklyn nets guys like man if cam johnson was in that spot and he's sitting in the corner every game like that offense is really hard to stop yeah yeah i mean i would i would love to see that for, and like siakam's yeah. a better player than cam johnson but it is the fit thing yeah i i think the defense might take a real step, step back. back um but I'm kind of in the place where it's like he's an expiring deal. Go, go, cash in your chips. He's. I don't think he's on the next great Raptors team, Pascal Siakam. As much as like I'm sure Raptors fans hope that he would be, but I wouldn't really be shopping for like a package of picks if if I'm the Raptors after that Knicks trade. I think you have enough young guys to where it's like it. I, I, it would be much more valuable in, in my mind to look for another like kind of bang for your buck young guy who maybe hasn't like solidified themselves as a star yet, but has at least some potential to do so. So I feel like on a lot of these teams, you're a little hesitant to trade for picks. I guess my fear with a team like the Raptors kind of going a little all in now is like, I just don't know in the next two years what they're going to do to be better than Boston or Milwaukee or Philly even. Like, I don't know. I feel But that's like, okay to me because Scotty Barnes is still on his rookie rookie deal. But then why not, why not try to get more assets to kind of prop yourself up in like three years? Yeah, yeah, maybe. I mean, I'm definitely more amenable to like getting a, a package of picks if I'm the Raptors than like the Hawks. Um, but I don't know. I, it, they also just seem cause that's kind of that's, close. I think, see, I, I know they've been playing really, really well lately and I do kind of like this new team construction, but we see this a lot. Like these 10 game spurts where teams maybe go two and it, like the Lakers are not a two and eight team for all their drama, for all their faults. And like the Timberwolves, we're seeing it now. Like they're not a five and five team like they've been in their last 10, but they're probably not a team that's going nine and one every 10 games either. They're probably closer to like a seven and three, you know, team. And I think think that's what you kind of see. The Pistons are really an 0 and 10 team. (laughs) I don't know if they are. They might be. (laughs) But um, 
Yeah, I think that's my worry though with some of these East teams. It's like I feel like there just is a, f- a big gap between the the top three and a half and the rest of the East. Yeah, yeah, th- I, there definitely is. Um, but I, I guess that's my thing is like if you can get like another guy to like add to this core. The the Raptors still have all their picks. Like, all right, I guess this is a weird comparison, but like early 2010s when Boston and Brooklyn made the trade to get like Pierce and Garnett, I was like, it's cool you've built this team with like the Celtics guys, but like you're still not as good as the Heat. So what are you going to accomplish? Like this team is just straight up not going to beat the Heat. Yeah. So, like, I mean, what I are think... you hoping to accomplish here? And, like, obviously that trade did a lot of damage to their franchise. But, like, even at the time it was like, okay, but Pierce is getting older. Garnett's getting older. Like, LeBron is, like, literally at his apex. Like, how are you planning on competing with the Heat right now? Yeah, I mean, they, I think that they were able to tell themselves that they were on that same level. I mean, they still had prime Darren Williams. They still had prime Joe Johnson, but that's prime Darren Williams and Joe Johnson. But like what team has had more delusion about their own quality of team than Toronto in the last three <laughs> that, seasons? That is true. That is true. Um, Cause like for everything on this hot streak, right? The Raptors, like, again, I don't want to sound pessimistic. I really like what I'm seeing from the Raptors post OG trade and I really don't think these two losses to the LA teams has any meaning but the trade didn't happen on day one of the season it happened now they're 15 and 23 like I think they can get up to a playing spot just given how good they've been and how good they could keep being but like a first round against the Celtics or the Bucks screams like yeah we're gonna it's lose. done it's yeah. done but uh, I don't know I just which like I don't think that's like I think it's okay. Yeah, to no, that not is okay. Be a championship like, contender. Somebody has to be the eighth seed. So yeah. I don't want to make it. I, like I agree with you that I don't like the discourse of like if you're not going to win the title, then absolutely tank. But my only worry is like when you're not acquiring some future assets, you don't need to tank. But when you're just making lateral moves, you can kind of get stuck being in that forty win range, and you don't. And if you don't have a lucky break it's kind of hard to then get to 55 wins. But sometimes. wouldn't you say like Emmanuel quickly and RJ Barrett, those are future assets. You know, those are guys that are going to be on the Raptors for a long time, presumably, and can get better. That's the kind of guy that I would want them to trade Pascal Siakam for instead of just like these like fake first round picks. Like where are you trading Pascal Siakam? Once you, once he gets there, they're going to be really good. You know, because you're not trading for Pascal Siakam if you don't have grand visions of your own future. But but to harken back to our first Raptors trade pod with Siakam, because we talked about this before OG was traded, like Siakam's like shooting has been going down every single season. And I know earlier I was like, you know, Siakam, he'll shoot it. Like, I do think like that's why Siakam's going to be hard to trade because he is an unrestricted free agent. He said he wants to explore his future on his own. Like... And the shooting is going down. And I think that's the thing with a lot of teams. It's like not a lot of teams can support a not true five who's like not a great shooter. Yeah, I totally agree with but you. That's, that's why, why I, I think it's going to be hard. Like I don't want your garbage first round picks is, all, is what I'm saying. But if I'm one of those other teams, I'm like, well, I don't want to give you anything of value. Like what if this guy comes in and he shoots 25% from three the rest of the season? Yeah, then you don't get Pascal Siakam. I think they're stuck with Siakam. They they very well might be, um, and, and honestly, after the um, trade for IQ and RJ, 
Maybe I'm okay with that from a Raptors perspective. Maybe I just sign Pascal Siakam to another contract and just keep rolling that snowball and seeing like, I don't know if like Scotty Barnes really pops and the Raptors are like the four seed next year. Like maybe we want to keep Pascal or we can rehab his value enough to where we can get something for him. But at the end of the day, he's still making like $35 million. So you're going to get contracts back. Yeah. I think where I'm at with the Raptors, like Scotty's 22. We'll see what Scotty looks like on like the title contender build of this team. If he's the one B the one a, but like he's 22. Like I think the Raptors, I guess, yeah, to your point, like there is no harm now that you have more young guys built around this team to like, just be an eighth seed, be the sixth seed the year after that, be a five seed the year after that, like let it grow slowly. But my only worry is like three years from now, we're like, okay, Barrett got a little bit better. Quickly's good, but he's kind of undersized. Scotty is probably a two on a title team. And it's like, okay, how do we get our 1A guy now that we've waited so long? Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking But like, I mean, like, that's that's the NBA, right? So he makes $37 million. I've, I've got the Pacers pulled up like... I like a Benedict Matherin kind of guy. I would be dead. Obviously, there's a little bit of repetition there now, but I would be down to like take him on. Can you get like, I don't know, would they trade like a Miles Tur- Turner for contracts? $37 million is a lot of money. Yeah. All right. That's the Raptors. We'll Warriors. do a more. We'll He's going to be on the Warriors. We'll do a more proper deep dive into this year's Raptors uh, in a future episode. But shall we get to the foul prone player of the week? Yes, we shall. This is a little new bit that we're doing where we are taking the entire NBA's foul stats from the last week alone. We're only looking at it in that portion of time. And me and James are both going to nominate a player that is our foul-prone player of the week, and we're going to uh, give them the crown. So uh, we haven't really talked much about this. Uh, I'm not sure how you are going to attack your nominee. I've got my nominee. Um, why don't, can you start us off, James? So uh, my nominee balled out last night before ultimately they choked the game away. I'm going to go with Alperin Shengun. There we go. Uh, because, Patrick, you know, you sent us the players who committed the most fouls, mm-hmm. and there was like six guys who committed 15 fouls this week, and probably because it's alphabetical, but Shen Goon was at the top of the list. So I felt like, you know, for my initial shout-out to Shen Goon, um, I've loved Shen Goon's game for a while now, and he's my foul-prone player of the week for no for no real reason. Yeah, Just- I mean, hey, 15 fouls, that's pretty elite for a one-week span. He did foul out of a full game on the 8th which is awesome. We're always looking for that in candidates. Um, I've got a different guy. I've got a much lower usage guy. His name is Ibu Baji. He plays for the Portland Trailblazers, and he has had 14 fouls in the last week. But the reason why I just found him, Baji, as such a great candidate for this award is he's only played 69 minutes. Which every other player that has had either 14 or 15 fouls uh, in the last week has well over 100 minutes played. and But really, he had one game that really encapsulated this week for him. Against the Dallas Mavericks, Ibubaji fouled out. He had six fouls, zero points. 
and he only played 15 minutes. Okay, he's got to win. Like, come on. It takes skill to be that foul prone. So, um, I don't know. Max, do you have any any thoughts about our foul prone player of the week? Um, Off the top of my head, I don't have one, but... um... I, I love the I love the Shangun pick. <laughs> yeah, Shen, Shangun he he loves Val. He's he's at the top of the of the leaderboards for the for the season. Yeah, Jordan Poole, he had a few. I think he had two texts this week. I which, know this isn't a prestigious award, that. but I just don't want to award Jordan Poole anything. <laughs> I I understand that. I understand what about that. Most annoying guy award. Ooh. <laughs> hey, don't know too him personally. Harsh, too harsh. There's no, a lot not, of not harsh enough. Uh, okay. Um, okay, well, congratulations, Ibu Baji. You are the first foul-prone, foul-trouble podcast player of the week. Um, we will continue to award these on Friday, and then I think eventually we'll find a foul-prone player of the year award. <laughs> I mean, Draymond won. Yeah, Draymond. Dr- it, it's been wrapped up for this season. I'm, I, I'm sorry to all the other nominees. Yeah, he is a hot contender for, for that award. It's going to be hard. I will say, actually, I was watching a compilation of uh, ejection, like Draymond ejections. And it's uh, if you're ever bored, you know, it's, it's a good time just to trip <laughs> yeah. down memory lane. Kind of went back to like the 2016 um, playoffs when he like kicked LeBron. <laughs> In the nuts. You a WWE fan? <laughs> What's crazy is that happened like what a week and a half after he kicked Steven Adams in the nuts. Yeah. And then there's it the was one, an accident. The one where he where LeBron like steps over him and then LeBron like like reaches up and and like punches him in the nuts. I don't know if you remember that one, but or sorry, Draymond oh, reaches yeah. up and punches. Uh, that's LeBron. the one that got him suspended, right? Yes. Yep. Yeah, that's the one that made him miss like game four of the. Of I the don't series. think he got ejected for this in the playoffs last year, but there was a play where he like gouged LeBron in the eye, like pretty badly in the playoffs last year. Is that the one where LeBron made the shot while he was like seeing triple or whatever? It might have been. Okay. I think it was. The uh, the Sabonis. Um, stomp, chest stomp. That might be the worst one. It's an all-timer. I feel like as an NBA community, we did not give enough credence to how dangerous that was when it happened. I mean, like, you see guys kick other guys in the nuts all the time. That happens sometimes. You don't see someone chest stomp Stomp. someone. He didn't step on him. He full-on, like, raised his knee and forcefully lowered it. Um, All right, well... Uh, we'll see if anybody can uh, catch up with Draymond in this in this award race. You guys ready to do a hot streak shooting slump? Yep. All right. Um, I'll, I'll start off. I am on a bit of a hot streak this week. Let's go. Um, back at work, it's been a good good. Just like getting back on my schedule is is nice. I'm um, I'm glad to just be getting back in the normal run of things. Had a lot of fun at the Clippers-Raptors game last night. It's been a tough week of Suns fandom, but that's okay. Every other week is at this point. Um, other than I got an iPad. I, I'm loving it. It looks nice. Nice it's, and gold. Yeah, it's 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 really uh, been nice for my workflow. I've got my, my laptop, can get a game up on the TV, then working off the iPad as well. So yeah, just been generally a pretty good week. What about you? Dude, I'm I'm on a I'm on a heater. There we go. Week 2 of the hot streak. Uh, I'm also pretty much back at work. I've been uploading videos. All the videos I've been uploading have been doing well. People have been really liking them, so I've been really excited to see that. Um so Tuesday, I went to a restaurant called Sushi Gen with my financial uh advisor/manager and 
We get there at 4.45. It opens at 5. There is like a long line. Uh, and we're like, oh, my God, we're not going to get a table. So we get in line, and it's we're the only white people in line, which is really funny. But it's also like, okay, maybe we, we found something here. This is going to be good. Dude, the best sushi I've had in my entire life. And I, I seek out nice, expensive sushi restaurants. I've been to, like, Nobu. I've been to, like, more, like, hole-in-the-wall places. But, like, dude... I, I'm not even kidding. The best sushi I've ever had. Just at, we got the omakase, like the chef's choice, like absolutely fucking incredible. Thank God I didn't pay. It was like one of those like <laughs> it was. Do you want to know how much the bill was? Yeah, two omakases. You guys are going to vomit when you hear this number. Oh God. Take a guess. I want to say each person was like five hundred dollars. Okay, no. no, it was four hundred and like twenty three after tip. Oh, okay, so okay. that's probably like a three hundred and fifty dollar meal. Like yeah, that's a nice meal, dude. Like just it was like fish that I didn't like from other sushi restaurants. So I was like, "Fuck, this is good." <laughs> There's nothing better than some just like, like nice, really good melt your mouth sushi. Yeah. Oh. Like the highlight for me because I'm a big sushi guy. Like obviously, like if you love sushi, you love Toro. Like mm-hmm. that's like the cream of the crop. But like it was like different tuna nigiri, but it was like you know increasing in fat content. So it was going from like a normal tuna like tuna to a full like really fatty Toro. But it was like oh. the gradient between them, and it was like lined up, and I was like, "Oh my." God, and it's just like yeah, it's like I was like, do I do I start like more like tough and go to like yeah, and it was like each piece was like more tender than the next, and it was just ah, dude, I love sushi, I'm a big foodie, and uh, yeah, love that for you, love that for you. What about you, Max? I hate to be that guy, but I'm in a mild slump this week. Uh, No, we need a slump. Slumps are good for the show. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you guys watched any of that Celtics Wolves game the other night, but it was like really close and then it went into overtime and the wolves just completely deflated and lost all of the sauce that's kind of how i feel i feel like i'm like i'm right there and then i just something happens i just falls apart jason tatum just fucking hits a dagger (laughs) rips your throat out yeah he's pretty good yeah he's kind of good at basketball is what i'm noticing Um, (laughs) yeah but you know i'm just a little tired a little off this week but i really feel like next week is going to be kind of killer hell yeah i see that for you thanks bro yeah no problem dude (laughs) hey at the end of the month i am going to suns versus heat so the suns took game one but hopefully we win game two yeah and then we'll we'll decide it in the finals yeah All right. Thank you guys for watching the Foul Trouble Podcast. Love you guys. Thank you for supporting the show. We will see you the rest of 2024. Peace.